Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the NFL Trend Zone, the November 15th edition. We are over the midway point, heading into week 11. And we're going to talk about some fascinating NFL topics tonight. I got Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen, and Jonathan Baskerville from Chicago, a Bears fan. We've got all some of the corners represented with the Broncos, that's Jason's team, the Vikings, the West, and my team, and then the Bears. Jonathan Baskerville is scheduled to join us. And we're going to get into Deshaun Watson. He is, he's gone for the season now. I don't know if you heard that today. We're going to discuss the implications of that. Talk about C.J. Stroud, not only as the presumptive rookie of the year, but the guy is an MVP candidate. Talk about Justin Fields a little bit with Jonathan Baskerville. I want to ask him what he thinks of the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams and whether or not the Bears should enter that or roll with Fields. And then it's Broncos-Vikings week, which doesn't happen very often, very often, and that intersects both fandoms primarily of this show. So we're going to get into all of that. First, however, betonline.ag. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your wagering needs, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to betonline.ag today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ba boom, it's the trend zone heading into week 11. We got Jason Bullen tonight. We got Wes Johnson and Jonathan Baskerville back. Chicago Bears fan. How are you, Jonathan? Doing good. Missed you guys. How you guys been? Not bad. And where can we Doing find well. your stuff? Once again, in case I forget towards the end of the show. Oh, it's a three point stands pod. That's the number three. Mm-hmm. The word point, P O I N T. The word stands as in fanatical fan, S T A N S pod. Three point stands pod on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, okay. whatever social media you're on. Wonderful. And is that uh, like 100% Bears focused? Oh, no. We, uh, no. We pretty much everything Chicago. Um, okay. I'm a Cubs fan, so not so much White Sox, but yeah. I, I, I throw any news out there, even uh, across the NBA, NFL, any breaking news we, we pretty okay. much discuss. Okay, cool. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to talk about NFL stuff tonight. We've got, uh, what, three or four things to cover in the next 30 to 40 minutes. Wes, I'm starting with you, and this is today's news that Deshaun Watson is on the shelf. <laughs> For the rest of the way, an apparent new injury. So now he won't be back. And interestingly, the Browns are just bypassing PJ Walker altogether and going with Dorian Thompson Robinson, who a lot of us loved coming out of the draft and hoped would come to our teams as a quarterback candidate of the future. I digress. It's the Dorian Thompson Robin show. But this is now, I guess, three straight seasons of complete ineffectiveness, futility, or injury. From Deshaun Watson, is he going to, at some point, good sir, rekindle the magic from 2018 and 2019? I don't think he will. No? No. We we have not really seen Deshaun Watson play a full season since 2019. Uh, since 
2020, he's played 12 games. Uh, he played six last year in his um, suspension season, and then he's played six so far this year. Um, he's on the books in Cleveland for a bag load of money still. Um, all of it guaranteed. Uh, you know, this is kind of the you make a deal with the devil and you gotta you gotta live with it type of a thing. Um is this karma coming back for you know what may or may not have happened between he and the the countless number of women uh that um levied accusations against him? Maybe. Um but this is not a, a good look for a Cleveland team that in my opinion has the best defense in the NFL, a Super Bowl quality defense, and is ready to win now. Uh, this is incredibly bad news uh, for Cleveland. Uh, I did like uh, DTR coming out of UCLA. Um, I, I thought that Cleveland picking him up was good, but uh, in the one game that we saw with him earlier this year, he he struggled. He struggled like a rookie would struggle. Uh, can he help carry them to the playoffs? I don't know. It's kind of serendipitous to look back and realize that Josh Dobbs was on this team last year and, and helped win them some games. And then come uh start of the season, they shipped Dobbs off to Arizona and decided to roll with PJ Walker uh, as the primary backup to Watson and and now Dobbs is positioned to um hopefully lead Minnesota to uh the playoffs. So I, I think that this team could have sorely used uh a veteran uh with some experience to at least stabilize the offense enough to where this defense could do the rest of the work. I think this defense is um, of that upper echelon quality to where they don't need much out of the offense. They just, they need, you know, ball control and not a lot of turnovers and the defense will do the rest defense will force a couple turnovers, et cetera. So um, I think it's bad news for, for Cleveland. I, I don't know if we'll see uh, Watson regain his form. If the Browns do, I think what they're doing is hoping that they kind of know what PJ Walker is. I think they have this rekindled hope that they could go on a run with a rookie quarterback because, you know, he might have that dog in him uh, and they will find out. They will find out. And if they, you know, get through the next three or four weeks and none of it works and they're still in the uh, postseason chase, there is Nick Foles or, you know, those type of free agents that could <laughs> possibly get frisky. But Jonathan, I'm going to ask you this. So I think if you smush together, 2023 quarterback rankings with 2020 or 2019 quarterback rankings, you would have some iteration of Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, and then what Joe Burrow and then Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Like he's that good. And I, I think that because it hasn't happened in four or five years, we forget about that. Uh, that's, I mean, the guy is electric, but we haven't seen it. So is, is Wes correct that the, the best years of Watson were, I guess, 2020, he was pretty good, but his team sucked. Uh, is he ever going to re get this glory back? Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna have to go ahead and agree with Wes on that one because I, I just don't 
see the magic that you used to see with him. Yeah. He he, he was uh phenomenal and you you see some of the the sparks of it here and there but uh it's just not the same especially without him having like DeAndre Hopkins and some other Will Fuller and things of that uh and what wide receivers of that level uh Amari Cooper is is definitely a great receiver but he's getting older and he would need something it, it looks like right now he's at the stage of his career where maybe the years off may have affected him and maybe he needs some time to get his legs back under him and get some real true uh experience back under him especially with his team and get that uh chemistry or whatever because all he has is Amari Cooper and occasionally uh People Jones uh in the run game mm-hmm. so maybe it's something to do with the coach and maybe it's something to do with the personnel but I don't see it in him. It, it doesn't. I don't see the consistency. I don't see the magic that he used to have. The the dynamic play, uh, playmaker skills. You know, even the legs. You know, you don't even see that anymore. It's almost like he's stuck, stuck in gear or something. Uh, <laughs> not to say that he's not fast. Uh, as, uh, but he's not as fast as he used to be. Obviously, uh, so it it just doesn't hit well and I, I don't think it's even working uh very well there and with the injury now that's another chalked up lost year so i don't i don't really see it uh and hopefully it turns around uh for cleveland at least because th- they deserve a, a a championship quarterback with all the uh bad seasons or uh miscues and uh poor judgment in quarterback but that deal looks pretty shot right now Three years ago, even though the Texans sucked, they were four and twelve. <clears throat> Watson had a seventy percent completion percentage, forty eight hundred passing yards, thirty three touchdowns, seven picks, and four hundred and forty four rushing yards. So, I mean, uh, it's not like we have some revisionist history that we what, what year was that? Twenty twenty. Yep it it's not like we just remembering the guy as like oh he like he really really was good from about 2018 2019 and 2020 so don't ever forget that. Yeah. Even though his stock certainly dipped, um, you know, on his own accord, his own faults, so to speak. But are you in agreement, Jason, that yeah. uh, he not necessarily washed, but just probably not going to get back to where he was? You know, gosh, I got to tell you, <laughs> stuck in gear. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I, I haven't watched any of their games this year. And uh, one would argue that Cleveland definitely does not deserve a championship quarterback <laughs> after this deal. Um they, uh, I just meant the I just meant the fans. Yeah. I know the fans for sure they do. <laughs> Could you imagine being a fan? You know, uh, I don't really have a comment on this because I haven't watched them. But what I am surprised about is, you know, obviously, remember remember a show or two ago, guys, when I asked about Denver if they beat the Bills and uh, after the Chiefs, where mm-hmm. they would might find themselves on the power rankings. I was searching up the power rankings. I haven't done that in about five or six years, <laughs> and I looked. And the, uh, the the Browns in some were in like the top seven. Yeah. USA Today had them in the top five. <laughs> and I'm like, how in the world is that? Their defense just obviously must be killing things. And I know they got a six and three record, but man, yeah, Deshaun Watson, it's really, really sad. The whole situation is sad. Um, he hasn't been able to even come up with a single game that anybody can look at and say, there's the guy that we remember, you know, there's him. And then now he's hurt. Now he's got all the money sucking. He's sucking all that money from Cleveland. Um, people are 
yeah, I would imagine the the fan base has to be split in half on how many people are actually happy he's there in the first place compared to how many people aren't. The people that aren't are just now saying, see, this guy, this guy. Uh, so I don't know. It's got to be a it's and the team is still six and six and three. So mm-hmm. what a conundrum. Man, what a conundrum. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, it's uh, like, you know, I was just talking about how Watson was so damn good three years ago. Oh. The defense is equally as good as he was three years ago, and that's the criminality of it for the Browns fans and not the team ownership or any of that. Is yeah, that could you imagine if he was just a fraction of what yeah, he was yeah, to that 2020 there, season? It's there for the taking, and oh. it sucks for it sucks for them that they lost Nick Chubb. And so, you know, you're looking at it like, God, without QB1 and RB1, like that's some rotten luck. Um, and indeed it is. Well, yeah, we will have to see. And he's going to be, be paid, have like a uh, cap, not cap hit, but I think his average annual value is $63 million per season mm. for the next three years. And by the time we get to 2025 or 26, that will be the upper crust of what the best quarterbacks are paid. Uh, but still, that's three years away, and he has a lot of soul searching to do or you know, recovery to mend before he can even attempt to try to be good again. And we're, we're kind of looking at kind of our talkers on Trey Lance. Like the last time the guy was good or even played was five years ago. We're going to be saying that shit about Watson, you know, <laughs> this summer is saying it's been way too long since he was a credible asset. And then he had his shenanigans and, you know, it might've ruined him. Um, yeah. But, it could have been gone from the game for too long. Yeah. It yeah. Just very possible. Man. All right. I'll uh, switch a different quarterback. Wes, uh, CJ Stroud. Uh, I, on this show, and I, th- I think certainly, eh, maybe not in the whole community, but I think most of us knew that he was the most game-ready pro-style quarterback that there was. Bryce Young might have had a higher ceiling, maybe a little bit better fundamental. But in the here and now, C.J. Stroud is going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, barring injury. I got to ask you, Wes, is it reasonable if they get to the postseason that this guy could be considered and or win the MVP award? Uh, it's possible. I mean, he'll definitely need to be a large part of that driving force for Houston, uh, getting to the playoffs, uh, for that to happen. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's, it's out of the question. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, who's currently the favorite, he hasn't looked great this year. Um, Josh Allen, another candidate for that. Uh, he seems to struggle in big games. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he struggled last weekend and has has had a few down weeks as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is in the driver's seat right now. Uh, I believe he'll need to put together um, a win or two more against the, the upper echelon of competition. Uh, that could start as early as this weekend against Kansas City. But uh, he's got the surrounding pieces around him to, I guess, elevate him into that discussion. Jonathan CJ Stroud is on pace for 4,960 passing yards, 28 touchdowns and four picks. If his Texans finish eh, 10 and seven or so and get the six seed in the postseason, would you consider voting for him for MVP? Oh, I'd absolutely, absolutely give him a, Vote. Uh, mm-hmm. If he continues this streak of uh, non-turnover mm-hmm. play, the the touchdown to turnover ratio is crazy for a rookie. 
Uh, also, he's leading these game winning drives and constantly carrying his team on the back. Obviously, this week he had more of uh, a run game for once uh, with mm-hmm. Devin Singletary uh, picking up over 150 yards, I believe. But he really has no one to throw to. Like, you didn't come into this year like saying, oh man, CJ Stroud has his guy <laughs> out there. And I believe people, it's a lot of people with revisionist history. I don't think people even thought he would be this great mm-hmm. right away. Like, my goodness, he's awesome, like dynamic. Like, he's standing in the pocket, uh, rocket arm throws, like the strength, the the poise, uh, even getting out the pocket and, and, and running. You know, it's not like he needs to take off like a Justin Fields, like my guy. Like, he just has the stride enough to pick up five to 10 yards and, and it, it doesn't have to be fast. It's just a 10 yard and get out of bounds, you know, mm-hmm. making the smart plays. The kids got it from the cerebral side of it, as well as the just all around backyard playmaking at times. So uh, if they can make the playoffs and let, Hey, if they win a game in the playoffs, uh, you got, you got to consider at least giving him a, giving him a vote, even if you don't, if, if it, even if he doesn't win, like I'm, I'm trying to think of a reason not to give him one if he's at 4,900 <laughs> yards as a mm-hmm. rookie and only four interceptions and leading a team through the whole year healthy. Yeah, I think it, the only reason that he wouldn't get fair consideration would be because we don't usually do that. I think the voters would be snobbish and say, well, no, you got to you got to earn this for a little bit longer than a year, bucko. I think that's the only thing that would make sense. <laughs> uh, Jason, the MVP odds right now in order are Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, and then Joe Burrow, then CJ Stroud. So he's about seventh in line. And after him are Brock Purdy, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Do you think there's a reasonable case for C.J. Stroud to win MVP if they get into the postseason? Oh, I do indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I echo everything every, that's already been said. You know, I mean, these guys, I, I, I didn't expect the Texans or any of these quarterbacks that were taken last year to be to be very good right away, except for maybe that Richardson guy and 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 uh, Indy. I thought he was probably positioned in the best spot to to succeed. The Texans. We're in such, I thought, disarray. Then you also bring in another, a new coach, a defensive-minded coach at that. Um, And then usually, I mean, in order to see this kind of success from a a rookie quarterback, he needs to be paired with Mm -hmm. an offensive coach, doesn't he? I mean, you, it's it's not unusual to see it then, like a McVay and a Goff, or Mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean. Uh, But. To be able to do that with the head coach, or Mahomes and Andy Reid, of course, you know, same same kind of scenario. But then you pair uh, Stroud with a defensive minded first time head coach, mm-hmm. and they're they're five and four. <laughs> He's putting up terrific numbers, and the Texans. Oh man, the Texans might be the toughest team on our schedule remaining. <laughs> on the Broncos schedule, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the well, next to the Vikings, but you know what I mean? Texans. Yeah, that's the the goofy part. And what Jonathan said really uh resonated with me. I remember on this show, we we would giggle at the Texans receiving core and say, Well, eventually Stroud will mature. We're not gonna do it this year because he doesn't have anybody yeah. to throw to. And then all of a sudden he's making Tank Dell and Noah Brown and Mechie and those guys 
look like somewhat household names, at least in Houston, they're household names, or maybe it's, maybe it's vice versa that they're really helping him out. Tank Dell looks to be a stud, especially if you're a fantasy football manager. Interestingly, Wes, when I went through that roll call of MVPs uh, towards the, the bottom of the top 10 was Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and then it's Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Josh Dobbs. Uh, so I want to point that out that he is at plus 8,000 odds, and that's right about what Herbert has, if you can believe that. Uh, so Vegas has a little bit of faith in Josh Dobbs to get frisky. But before we get into Vikings Broncos, we're going to talk about the Bears, because the last time we had Jonathan on, he was realistic about the Bears' chances this season. Uh, a lot of his by association pals were really excited about the Bears' Freezing cold takes retweeted Adam Brink <laughs> uh, standings that had them at 12 and five. So I want to know, even though it's been a little messy for the Bears with some controversies and such, is this about where you thought they'd be trending for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'd say so. I I, I, I felt that they would maybe be more consistent mm-hmm. on one side of the ball or the other, whether it was offense or defense, but the inconsistencies is the only thing that I would say that I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't expect it to be this bad per se, you know, uh, given uh, fields has been injured for four games uh, or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, I, I felt our record, like I said before, I felt like our record wouldn't be those that 12 and five or maybe even 10 and seven. Uh, I felt like maybe a pocket of, between six and eight wins would be a smart move with the additions that we had, uh, whether they were the, through the draft or through free agency. And that's that would be a good boost. I mean, shoot, we only had three wins last year. So it, it, that was a that's a major improvement, six to eight wins. Uh, but in the end, it still can happen. Uh, six is definitely possible. Eight is still in the range. But it's just, this is like when I watched the game itself, the defense has improved. Finally, the run game has improved, but I I need to see every game consistent where it seems like there is no doubt that something is running well outside of just the run game. We're, we're so used to that as Bears fans. That's run game and defense, run game and defense. Let's see this offense pop. We got DJ Moore. We got um, other weapons around Cole Komet is balling again. Uh, Last year, he had his uh, what seven touchdown season, and he's on pace for that or more this year. Uh, something about it just doesn't feel the same as I felt at that time, and I'm not talking about positively either. I mean, it just – I thought at least some semblance of consistency where it looked good even though we weren't as good as we are expecting to be next year. Like I, I was giving it a two-year plan, so maybe now that Justin Fields is back, he's healthy. The defense has improved. The run game is doing their thing, and we're finally healthy on the offensive line. And they're eliminating Cody Whitehair's non-snapping ass out of the <laughs> the um, <laughs> the starting lineup. Uh, the only problem is Pat, Lucas Patrick is there getting rolled over and and knocking over Tevin Jenkins because he can't stand on his own two feet anymore. But everyone else is healthy. You have uh, the rookie Darnell Wright is healthy. Braxton Jones is back. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, they're moving over to the left side, uh, I'm hearing. And Nate Davis is finally healthy. So we finally have a, a healthy offensive line. And the run game is, is is moving. So all Fields has to do is, similar to what Badgett was doing, is, you know, just make the right play. 
make the right plays. And then you, we know you're a dynamic talent. So just make the smart plays and take the few chances, take a few chances here and there, but just run the offense. These next seven games show us why you should be considered a franchise quarterback, which I believe he is. I believe he is him, Timothy, and he can get it done. But we need to see it these next seven games because this first half or a little bit more than first half has been kind of like, eh, meh. On the inconsistency, I think about six weeks ago, I was watching your Chicago Bears take on the Commanders, and they just pummeled them, beat the shit out of them. And they were scheduled to play the Vikings about a week later. And at this point, the Vikings were like one and four. And I was like, well, these guys are going to just spank the Vikings. This isn't going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And then they showed up in the, the combo of Badgett and Fields. They just looked anemic. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to be just fine here. Uh, but Wes, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this. I want to ask you what will happen and what you think should happen. Uh, they have this Justin Fields probably next seven game audition for the rest of his Bears career. Tyson Badgett looks like a guy who, if he was a standalone product, could be developed and blossom. Uh, Cody talked about him before anybody knew who he was back in like June, or maybe even before that. Uh, but then it looks like they're probably going to end up with the first overall pick vis-a-vis the bear or the Panthers, excuse me. And then they're going to have this almighty decision to make between Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, and then by the way, Tyson Bajant. So do you, what is your, what should they do and what will they do Wes at quarterback? Um, I think they would go with Williams. Um, If Williams is, you know, everything that uh, college scouts have been saying for the last two years, then it, in my mind, it would be Williams uh, barring something um, crazy down the stretch. I think what Jonathan said is, is very true. This is kind of an audition for fields. If, if he can show that he's the guy he's shown flashes of it, uh, mainly with his legs, which is, uh, playing to his strengths. Um, then maybe they, they roll the dice and stick with them. Uh, Bajan, I think is a, a serviceable backup. I, I don't really foresee him grasping onto that starting role or them rolling with him uh, in that starting role. Um, another thing to note, this coaching staff and this uh, GM didn't bring in fields. They inherited him. So uh, a lot of times when that happens, these guys, they go get quote unquote, their guy. Mm-hmm. They essentially tie themselves to, a quarterback and whatever happens through um, their tenure with that quarterback kind of surmises their job. Either uh, they look like geniuses because they brought of who they brought in, or it spells the end of you know their reign with that that team. So um, I think with having you know two uh, top ten first round picks this year. Uh, will service them accordingly. And uh, if they have the overall number one overall pick, uh, my guess is that they would take Caleb Williams and uh, figure the rest out on the back end. Jason, what say you? Should they, if Fields looks good or de- he, he looked pretty damn good in the last half or third of last year, if they end up with the first pick, which will probably be the Panthers handing it to him, should they keep uh, Fields or roll with Caleb Williams? Well, 
I mean, that's that's I can't believe we're having the same conversation. Uh, <laughs> like we're just having this last year. Um, I, I, the, 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 the question is, is how good does he have to look mm-hmm. to pass up on Caleb Williams? Because I, I don't know as a GM that you you could do that unless he absolutely looks incredible. I mean, doing it all with not only his legs, but being able to to deliver from the pocket and, you know, deliver some nice throws and, and uh, get the bears to, uh, what is the bear? What are the bears now? Three and six, three and five. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's, is it three and three and six or three and seven? Like yeah, I mean, he, you know, it granted Denver's defense was definitely in the, in the doldrums when we faced him, but he looked incredible against us. Uh, you know, so I I don't know what that, that says compared to how Denver's defense was playing then, but he God, he, why don't he only missed two, two incompletes that game. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think I would think he'd have to look pretty remarkable um, and they would need to rattle off. I would say, you know, I think they'd have to get about six more wins, seven more wins, maybe to, to really be for the GM to think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to stick with this guy. Jonathan, if they decide, well, if they get the Panthers first overall pick, if they use the pick that happens to be the Panthers first overall pick, they're three and seven right now. Will you be upset if they draft Caleb Williams and trade fields to the Patriots or something like that? I don't think I'll ever be upset with a decision to move on from a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm always team fields. That's QB one until he's no longer QB one. Okay. However, if, you are a GM and you have that ability or that capability to get what people are calling a generational talent, a can't miss talent, et cetera, et cetera. You have to take that. And it's not that I'm saying to do it or or that I want it done. I feel like if he balls out, then use those picks to build around them. You can move back. You can grab, you know, MHJ Marvin Harris jr. Mm -hmm. At the top, or you can grab a, Alou from Penn State uh, for the offensive line. You can grab a uh, a great edge rusher or something and, and fill some holes with some other talent, top-notch talent to improve the defense or the offense. However, I couldn't blame Poles or I wouldn't blame Poles for drafting a Caleb Williams. I haven't seen much of Drake May. I need to uh, really get into his film or whatever, but I'm hearing some great things all over. Uh, about him and you know that how that gets halfway through a season and another prospect gets propped up so they can have a one-two guy every year it's always got to be a one-two guy but I felt like for a long time it was Caleb Williams or Buss like there was really nobody else Drake was in the conversation but he wasn't that close but now they're making him much closer all of a sudden and there's been some games where I've seen Caleb Williams fail over the last few weeks like he hasn't He's made some of the same bonehead decisions that Fields has made at times. And the difference is Fields is playing against NFL defenses where everybody's good. Caleb is making some of these mistakes, uh, whether it's interceptions. uh, uh, I think one game he was close to 50% completion, even though he was close to 300 yards. I'm like, that's still what Fields kind of does. Like, that's what your problem is. Well, he's not consistent and he's he's inaccurate. He's this or that. Uh, but he scrounged up some yards against uh, a bad team. And then the fumbles like he's fumble happy too, yeah. all over his career. Uh, so I agree. Like, yes, he has 
excellent pocket presence at times and things, but I've seen him be rattled. I mean, you, we, am I lying? They, they were ranked high and now they are no longer ranked. So, <laughs> and that could, you know, obviously there's defenses, uh, his defense isn't that great. His, uh, uh, I'm sorry, his, uh, personnel around him isn't probably that great, uh, as the year, as, as the year, as they started playing tougher talent, but that's, what makes a number one pick is can you take this team that you are with and make them even more successful? Because if you're a first or second pick, you have to be that can't miss person. So then when you walk on the field, you're doing something similar to what CJ Stroud is doing. That's what I see in with in one or two pick uh, a first or a second overall pick. I don't want to see you coming in and everybody babying you like people are doing Bryce Young right now. Well, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Uh, his wide receivers are old. He's got old, old, old. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry, you, you guys old. Uh, oh, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. I'm so sorry. I'm about to say oh. Joe Thousand. What's new wrong with me? <laughs> it's late. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Adam Thielen, and and he's still a baller. Like he's still a great vet wide receiver. So it's almost like everybody's trying to downplay the players around him mm-hmm. who are professional athletes like Thielen still can ball he still can be a serviceable wide receiver they drafted Jonathan Mingo they have they went and picked up Miles Sanders they just came off a nine a nine win season and and had to I believe I'm sorry I may be misquoting their their record but I feel like they were like eight seven eight nine or some mm-hmm. odd wins like they had a great uh last half of that year especially with Foreman being there uh, and 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 some of the other guys that were contributing last year. So you ex- did not expect them to be one and eight. They thought adding him, adding Thielen, adding Mingo, and even their fans were chirping us all off season. And now he's looking like worse than Justin Fields. Like yeah. there's there hasn't been a oh my god game with Bryce Young at all yet. So that's what I expect from a number one pick, what you see with Stroud, what you've seen with Burrow when things started really clicking with him. So I don't want a guy that does the same things in college, makes the same mistakes or at least turnover prone mistakes as Fields did in college. Uh, uh, he's doing it in college, but Fields is now showing it in the NFL with top level talent every Sunday. So I, I wouldn't be mad, but you know, it's almost like, yeah, you're going to be waiting again. You you might be in that Bryce Young situation unexpectedly. If the, the Bears end up with the number one pick from the Panthers, um, it's worth noting that two-storied franchise, fan franchises are probably going to be in the top seven, and that's the Packers and the Patriots. And if the Bears decide to keep fields, those two clubs will probably be within reach to reasonably trade up. And the bears are right back where they're at saying, all right, we can just take a King's ransom and fortify this roster. Cause if the draft took place tonight, the Patriots would pick third and the Packers would pick sixth. The other teams that could be frisky are the Falcons at number nine Buccaneers at number 11. So whoever owns that first overall pick, if they have their quarterback, it's the same thing as last year. They can get a bunch of capital. Jason, we criminally only left ourselves like two minutes to talk about Vikings Broncos. Are you enthused about this matchup, sir? Are they gonna they gonna take down the Vikes? Yeah, man. You know what? You know what? Uh, it's, they're gonna be. Hey, it's gonna be a mu- uh, Sunday night, another primetime game that I'm excited for. You got to imagine that home field advantage is actually gonna come back to Denver for the first time in seven, eight years. 
Uh, they got to be rocking over there after coming off three straight wins, two against uh, real high quality opponents. So, and the Vikings are probably the hottest team in football. Um, some would say, um, and Dobbs is looking great. So I, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm, I think that, uh, we're going to be ready as well as a team. And I think, uh, Denver comes out on top Denver by 10. It's either going to be that or, or a tie. <laughs> Let's hope it's not a tie. Cody mentioned that Cody yeah, mentioned lovely. that, right? All right. Well, you accurately predicted a win over the chiefs for the first time in forever. And then you said, hell, they're going to beat the bills. And we laughed at you. And that, <laughs> then that happened. So kudos prediction. Uh, we'll, we shall see if you are incorrect about Sunday night. Wes, <laughs> uh, I think that the Broncos will win by a whisker. Um, I, I do believe the Vikings are good, uh, but I think that they could use some humble medicine to an extent. And I never trust the Vikings on the road against NFC West teams in my whole life. It's always been bad voodoo. Uh, but I'm going to guess you're a little bit more optimistic than myself and Jason. I am. Um, I think. The underdog is going to be back too, though, right? It's a coin flip. Most likely. Yeah. I I think the underdog role um, is suiting this Vikings team. This will be yet another game where they go into it as the underdog. Um, I think that they will be able to play within themselves, uh, play how they've been playing recently and uh, limit turnovers, and if they're able to do that, um, I think they will stay in this game. It, it'll be a close game. Uh, I believe both of these defenses are, are going to cause each other's teams a little bit more problems. Uh, but ultimately, I think uh, the Vikings will take this, or uh, I will throw out an or just like Jason. Um <laughs> It also in Vikings fashion will, you know, miss three field goals, uh, and, and that'll that'll doom the game. Well, that's Denver too. That's why it could be a tie. <laughs> Jonathan, in thirty seconds or left, last Vikings or Broncos Sunday night football. Hey, I love what I what I've been seeing from your your Minnesota Vikings. They they they've got heart, so I, I feel like they're going to continue this streak. And I was just on another show around five fifteen live. Uh, it was an NFC North roundtable, and just quickly, like I was pouring all type of Ooh. sunshine all over you guys. Love the story, <laughs> love Dobbs coming in and doing his thing, rocket scientist, and and carrying the team with no practices, no snaps with the center. I feel like it's going to continue. The story's going to continue. I think they're going to notch a, a probably a cl- close win because the Broncos have been playing a lot better and look like a more solid team than when they were playing us, obviously. Uh, so. I, I think a Minnesota close win, but I want to see Dobbs take a, get another W. So it, it, it makes it hard. It makes it very hard for people to pass on trying to sign him next year. That's going to be great to see him starting with somebody. Josh Dubs, indeed. All we got for this edition, but we will we will return in one week to talk more about Week 12 as your fantasy football playoffs start to take shape. We're not far from those. And, uh, you know, the NFL playoffs aren't far away uh, either. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.